It's time for Better Taiwan. Stories and discussions on how Taiwan reacts, combats the response to the COVID-19 coronavirus outbreak. With a look at how Taiwan can help now and in post-COVID-19 world. My name is Joey Chow, and this is another episode of Better Taiwan, a show where we discuss the impact of COVID-19 on the livelihood of the people on this island. Today, we'll be speaking with someone who is on the front line of our fight against COVID-19. But first, let me set things up a little bit. Taiwan is only 81 miles off the coast of mainland China, and of the 23 million people who call it home, more than 1 million of whom either work or temporarily reside in China. The COVID-19 pandemic outbreak started just before Lunar New Year 2020, a time of the year when thousands of people are expected to travel between the two areas because of the holidays. However, on the day of this video being recorded, Taiwan has only had 440 cases of confirmed COVID-19, of which more than 400 have fully recovered. So, how was Taiwan able to come out of the COVID-19 pandemic relatively unscathed? knock on wood, at least so far. Well, that's because we've had prior experiences, like with the SARS epidemic of 2003. Taiwan, this time around, was able to quickly respond to, mobilize, and instituting policies to the protection of public health. Hospitals, of course, are at the front line of our fight against COVID-19, which is why today we've invited to the show Dr. Victor Wu, who is a cardiologist at the Chang'an Memorial Hospital, Linko Medical Center. He spent his entire career at the hospital, and today we have a few questions for him. The first question we have for Dr. Wu is, what was work like before? Have you noticed any difference since January when it became clear that COVID-19 is becoming a major concern? While working in the hospital in early February, we were asked to screen all our inpatients and outpatients on their travel, occupation, contact, and cluster, or the TLCC history. We limited and reduced the hospital entrances from 17 to 5, strictly checked the identity of those who enter the hospital. Mm -hmm. uh, either health ID card or national ID card is required for entry. Uh, we installed infrared thermal camera and initiated immigration checkup at hospital entrances. We also set up alcohol sanitation stops at hallway and major checkpoints, including entrance door, elevators, wards, clinics, examination rooms, operating rooms, and cafeteria. We also require our hospital workers to perform daily surveillance of, of their own health status, such as temperatures and symptoms, and record information to hospital database. To prevent the viral transmission from community to hospital, uh, there were enhanced patient risk stratification and traffic control at admission. We also institute visitor restrictions and decrease the number of family or friends visitors progressively to none allowed in March. Uh, unless it is absolutely essential, such as a company emergency surgery, they will not be allowed to enter. Okay. Uh, Taiwan has had more than a month of uh, non-domestic transmission of COVID-19. Are some of these practices or some of these precautions still in place, or most of them are still in place? Um, most of these practices are still in place. Um, okay. but I heard from my superiors that probably in a couple of weeks, they might be lifted. These That's good news. And it's good to know that the hospitals are taking a lot of precautions uh, for to prevent COVID-19 transmission. Uh, so now the, on the personal side, how has it changed you personally? So actually, my family members, including my parents, siblings, and my wife have been quite supportive of my work during the COVID-19 outbreak. Uh, in the beginning, they are quite concerned as we did not yet know the number extent of possible 
hospital transmissions. Actually, all these people who are who have been working in the hospital for a while, they have been feeling quite peace of mind because we we all know hospital taking precautions ahead of us. So we all know we are under protected uh, regulations. Basically, planning ahead, uh, sort of speak. Now, I'm sure it's COVID nineteen affects different divisions uh, differently. So you're in cardiology. How yes. does it affect, say, uh, pulmonology or other divisions? The frontline doctors are infection specialists or pulmonologists. But most, most obviously, what, what we notice is that many doctors' appointments are canceled during this outbreak. There are cancellation of prenatal checkups, immunizations, procedures, and surgeries, uh, which can be a concern for increased healthcare burden at a later date. So a delay can also cause patients' symptoms to get worse, or pain to intensify, or tumors to grow in size and spread. Therefore, surgeons have to make tough calls on which of the patients to be prioritized for management. In terms of cardiologists, our practice such as ultrasound exam or cardiac mm. catheterizations may be involved in these COVID-suspected or confirmed patients. Therefore, protocols are developed to assist the performance of cardiology service on these patients and rehearsed in accordance to uh, hospital-wide infectious disease response plan. Leader in the medical team may also need to assess the risk-benefit ratio of intervention in patients with acute myocardial infarction against infection risk. Okay, so there is a very detailed and um, well-planned protocol for what cases will need to be treated right away. And then some can, for example, chronic illnesses can be maybe put off to a later date. Yes, uh, difficult cases where you have to have some um, team discussions and mm -hmm. refer to international guidelines, okay. uh, especially coming from states and Europe. Well, there are cases such as uh, Initially, they are not diagnosed uh, COVID positive because they come in for a different reason. And initially, they don't present with typical COVID uh, symptoms such as fever, cough, or for example, lately diarrhea or some other uh, loss of smell that kind of symptoms. But during the course of hospitalization, uh, maybe a week or 10 days passed, and some, sometimes they come having a fever and then they get tested. Uh, initially for influenza, and then but they, they were tested negative, so they were thought of mm -hmm. probably some bacteria pneumonia. Also, so antibiotics were given, but the patient still has fever, mm. and eventually they test for COVID. It was so. Uh, this kind of situation, okay. we have to be very careful. Yeah, very vigilant. And I think we touched on an important point is that there are symptoms aside from the ones that we already know uh, that can be observed for possible COVID-19. Right. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about, you know, how what to watch out for and how to protect ourselves from COVID-19? During these past months, there are many presentations that are different from the past, what we know of uh, influenza infection. So the lungs are ground zero. The virus reach can extend to many organs, including heart and blood vessels, um, brain, kidney, gut, and eyes, especially in those who are critically ill. The COVID-19 virus enters the nose and, and throat and finds a welcome home in the lining of the nose through the cell surface CE2 receptor, uh, which are present extensively in our body. Early studies show that cardiac involvement with heart and blood vessel damage occurred in 20% of the patients and arrhythmias in 44% of the hospitalized patients. In addition, 
blood clots abnormality was found in more than one third of the patients. And if the blood clots dislodge in the brain, it will cause stroke. And if it's in the lung, it will cause pulmonary embolism, which has high mortality rate. About 20% of patients has acute kidney failure, resulting in greater than five times of the mortality compared to those without it. And COVID-19 patients with pre-existing hypertension can lead to higher risk of cardiovascular events. Another striking set of symptoms in COVID-19 patients centers on the brain and central nervous system. Doctors have seen patients with brain inflammations, meningitis, encephalitis, seizures, loss of taste of smell, or loss of consciousness. Others have reported depressed brainstem reflex that senses oxygen starvation. This explains why some patients with pneumonia are not gasping for air, despite dangerously low blood oxygen levels. Recent reports suggest that 20% up to 50% of COVID-19 patients experience diarrhea. One last thing is um, information on the protection from the COVID-19 spread. Okay. Although Taiwan seems to be relatively protected from the COVID-19 pandemic, our standard recommendations to prevent the spread of COVID-19 still require frequent hand cleansing using alcohol-based hand rub or soap and water covering the nose and mouth with the flex elbow with disposable tissues when coughing and sneezing, and avoiding close contact with anyone that has fever and cough. To illustrate the importance of using facial masks, here I'd like to share some information. Uh, as we know, a, 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 length of, a length of a micrometer or a micron is 10 to the negative six or one millionth of a meter. The diameter cross section of our hair is 15 microns. And the diameter filtration capacity of surgical mask is 10 to two to 10 microns. And the diameter filtration capacity of N95 is 0.3 microns. However, the diameter of coronavirus is only 0.12 microns. But on the surface, both surgical masks and N95 masks will have trouble effectively protecting us from the coronavirus spread. The fact is when we cough and sneeze, we produce aerosols, which are less than 10 microns, and large spray droplets, which may be 100 microns, reaching two to three meters away. Nevertheless, the coronavirus that's carried by aerosols and droplets may be trapped by effective facial mask use. So according to the studies, um, wearing surgical masks decreased up to 50% of coronavirus particles spread outward from coughing and sneezing, and decreasing up to 75% spread inward from sniffing, while N95 decreased up to 70% outward and 99% Therefore, mass functions as a barrier to virus spread and decrease oh. the chance of getting infected. Mm-hmm. While an effective vaccine being available are still months to years away, wearing facial masks and sanitizing our hands, along with keeping a social distancing, are the best or most sensible means against COVID-19 outbreak. That's my message. Join us again next time for more on Taiwan's fight against the COVID-19 pandemic with Better Taiwan on ICRT. Or go check out the Better Taiwan podcast, available on all the best podcast platforms.